This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cohen Franz. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. Last week we started talking about uh, this text called The Bodhisattva's Four Methods of Guidance. And just for review, the first method, which we talked about last week, was giving or generosity. The next is kind speech, or what is sometimes translated as loving words. The third is beneficial action. And the fourth is identity action. So we'll talk about these one at a time. I'll start with the text. It's the shortest of the four, this section, not because it's less important than the others, I think, but because it's just so straightforward. We understand what kind speech is, or at least we understand some. We all have a sense of what this is, whereas if, if we say identity action, that requires a little more conversation, maybe. It begins, kind speech means that when you see sentient beings, you arouse the mind of compassion and offer words of loving care. It is contrary to cruel or violent speech. In the secular world, there is the custom of asking after someone's health. In Buddhism, there is the phrase, please treasure yourself. This was written 800 years ago. No one says this anymore. And the respectful address to seniors, may I ask how you are? I like this. It's, it's one step more formal than how are you, which in itself is a very kind thing to ask. May I ask you how you are? We could stop right there and have a lot to talk about, simply because we know that this is not the way everyone speaks. I'm so struck sometimes by the world of email and how little care is given to something that just a short time ago would have been a letter. In my work, I sometimes receive Messages from people who are, you know, they're Buddhist teachers. They're, they're people whose uh, function in many ways is expression of the Dharma. And we might even exchange a couple of pleasantries in the opening mail, but all the subsequent mails will, will be something like, yeah, period, that's it. And that can sometimes be an expression of a kind of intimacy. But more often, it's, it's just lazy. We don't say good morning. We don't say good afternoon. We don't say sincerely. We don't say thank you. Email is... 
Well, it rests on so many assumptions that so little needs to be said. But maybe it does need to be said. Dogen continues, It is kind speech to speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. I love this. This is at the heart of it. And I can tell you that before I had children, I understood this differently. Because my idea of talking to a baby was all about softness, but not about anything else. But now when I read this, I I understand that when we speak to babies, what makes that speech special, it's not just the musicality of it, though that's there, and it's not just the kindness behind it, though that's there. It's that when we speak to a baby, it's that we change the way we speak to accommodate the listener. It doesn't occur to me to speak to a baby in the way that I would speak to a coworker. But the reality is the way I speak to a coworker and the way that I speak to someone at a coffee shop and the way that I speak to someone at the post office is very similar because I forget to accommodate them. I just have my way that I talk and I bring that out everywhere. But when I see a child and especially when I see a baby, I drop into this other mode. We all know how to do this. It doesn't mean that we should speak to sentient beings as if they were babies. That would be a disaster. (laughs) But that our primary concern should be the listener, not ourselves. There's a teaching, and I don't know if this spreads across a lot of traditions or if it's uh, something that's uh, held up more in Japan, because I've seen it in in a few traditions within Japan. Uh, There's a teaching that the Buddha, when he taught, not when he was, you know, talking about what to eat for breakfast, but but when he was sitting on the, the seat in front of the assembly and when he was teaching, that he spoke in a way that was not ordinary speech. It was something in between speaking and singing. And that this mode was uh, somehow more digestible for the listener. It was a way of presenting teachings that made them easier for people to absorb. And so even now there's this, this tradition called shomyo, wherein we we read certain texts or we we perform certain ceremonies as if we were the Buddha speaking to the assembly, not with this kind of voice, but something like this. I take refuge in Buddha
can imagine not a lot gets said. But that tradition speaks directly to what Dogen is saying. Whether we know that special way of delivery or not, we can attempt it. We can attempt to speak for the person who's listening and not for ourselves. We can be an advocate of something that is not ourselves and not necessarily the listener, but the thing that is being conveyed. How best to express this? We cannot do this, by the way, if we are concerned about being perceived in a particular way. Especially we cannot do this if we are concerned about being perceived as weak. I see this as one of the greatest obstacles to this kind speech. We hesitate to be generous in the way that we speak with other people. It can be so disarming when someone says something completely positive and completely complimentary. When someone says something to you that is just for you, it can completely knock us off balance because it is so outside of our ordinary experience to be spoken to in that way. But it takes, I think, tremendous, not just compassion, but confidence to speak in that way. Because it's not ironic. Right? There is nothing in that mode of delivery that sets you up to be able to laugh it off later. You're laying yourself bare. To go to someone you admire and say, I deeply admire you. To tell that person the thing that you're thinking. Is such a rarity. Not because we don't have the feeling behind it. But I think because we think to the next step of how will I sound? What will that person think of me? It doesn't matter what that person thinks of you. What matters, again, is is whether you manage to convey this thing that's more important than either of you. Dogen continues, Praise those with virtue. Pity those without it. That's a quiet way of saying You don't have to say anything to those without it. If kind speech is offered, little by little, virtue will grow. Thus, even kind speech, which is not ordinarily known or seen, comes into being. You should be willing to practice it for this entire present life. Do not give up. World after world, life after life. I 
I don't know what he was thinking when he inserted this do not give up. But I appreciate it because I think we do. You know. We may make that leap into kind speech. But it's difficult to stay there. It leaves us too vulnerable. And and especially if it isn't received in exactly the way that we hope it will be, we can step back into something that's a little more guarded. And again, perhaps a little more ironic. He says, you have to work at this for life after life. Kind speech is the basis for reconciling rulers and subduing enemies. Those who hear kind speech from you have a delighted expression and a joyful mind. Those who hear of your kind speech will be deeply touched. They will never forget it. And that's true. We can go about our lives for weeks or months or years without being offered a genuinely kind word. And we can go our lives without offering one. And yet when we are it can crack us wide open. We can offer so much in the way that we speak. When we have to talk to the, the person at the insurance company or the bank because something went wrong and we keep getting passed around from this person to this person to this person and nothing is going our way and it seems that no one individual cares about our circumstances, we can find ourselves uh, moving further and further away from kind speech, right? forgetting eventually that we are talking to people who never hear kind speech. No one calls the bank to say thank you. No one calls at their insurance company to say, I really think you're doing a great job. These are people who are beaten down every day. You can be the sunshine in someone's day. Even if the only adjustment you make is to smile while you speak on the phone, they know. They know that you're bringing heart to your words. We can also offer people a kind of dignity. There's a a very, uh, at first, kind of strange aspect of of monastic life in this tradition, which is that Dogen, the founder, was insistent that when you speak of foods and kitchen implements, that you should speak to them in honorific terms. And, and Japanese includes a lot of ways to speak honor, you know, honorifically. And there are wor- certain uh, uh, polite terms for objects. So you can talk about uh, 
a teapot as a teapot, but then there's a whole other word you can use that suggests a kind of dignity in the teapot itself. And, and that when you speak about vegetables, that you should speak about them with the same, uh, with the same honorific terms that you would speak of a, of a person. So the objects that you're handling, the, the foods that you're using as ingredients, become not just ingredients, but something more. They become something that you're addressing, something to which you are lending dignity. I am so struck when someone speaks to me in, in a way that has that kind of dignity. And I am also uh, sometimes a little surprised at how... Uh, at how an entire conversation can be completely devoid of it. This may be especially uh, true for me because I lived in Japan for a long time. But I remember, uh, it always hits me the hardest when, I, when I'm back or when I'm visiting. And I'll go into a store and someone working at the store will say, Dude! What's up? And I think, Wow! you are probably a very nice young man, but maybe we could have started this whole thing differently. It's like the way we dress. Right? If, if you're someone who usually dresses casually and then you put on something more formal, it changes the way that you stand. It changes the way that you speak. It changes your sense of yourself in the world. And when you speak to someone in a way that offers them dignity, it radiates through your own expression. The dignity is... It fills the room. There's this one last little bit. You should know that kind speech arises from kind mind. And kind mind from the seed of compassionate mind. That's true, that's very straightforward, but we should remember that it's also the reverse. You don't have to have a kind mind to speak kind words. But the more you speak kind words, the more you cultivate that compassionate heart. What you're doing is who you are. What you're saying is who you are. And if what you're saying is kind, then you are kind. In that moment, you are kind. You should ponder the fact that kind speech is not just praising the merit of others. It has the power to turn the destiny of the nation. I'll only add a couple things at the end here. One, we should remember that speech, kind speech, is sometimes silence. That's another way of talking. And sometimes it's the kindest way. And we should remember that gesture is also speech. 
the way that you hold yourself and the way that you hold objects, the way that you hold an encounter with another person is powerful communication. Sometimes much, much more powerful than what is said. Our fundamental concern in every moment from the perspective of this tradition is expression. Not just what are we expressing, but how are we expressing it? And as we express it, how much are we holding back? What is withheld in this moment? There is, I think, a way of speaking and a way of communicating where the answer to that question, how much is being withheld, is nothing. There's a way of standing where nothing is being withheld. There's a way of sitting in which nothing is being withheld. There's a way of saying good morning in which nothing is being withheld. That's the place that we can explore. I'll stop there. Next week we'll talk about beneficial action. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.